Tuesday, January the 10th. We should be reading together in Mark chapter 7. I hope that you've had a great time in God's Word and that you are taking notes and highlighting passages and keywords, or maybe if you have questions even, uh, keeping track of those. And if you do have questions or comments, please leave them for us. We would love to interact with you. We'd love to start a conversation with you about God's Word and learn together. In today's passage, uh, one of the things, it's a shorter passage than yesterday, one of the things that stood out to me was in verse 6 and 7. Jesus is confronted by some Pharisees in this passage, right? And they talk about, man, your disciples are doing this. I can't believe you're letting them do this. And Jesus quotes from Isaiah. He says that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And then a little further down, he says this in verse 14. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and he said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. You see, the, the Jewish people were stuck. They, they felt like they had certain things that if they touched it, they looked at it, and it came out of the Old Testament rules and regulations, that they would be unclean. And the Pharisees kind of took that to an extreme. And they started pointing figures. You're unclean. You're unclean. You can't be in God's presence. And that's not what God came to do, right? Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came to find the broken. He came to um, heal the sick and the lame. Jesus wanted the outcasts to recognize that God has a purpose and a place for them and he can heal them. So that's one of the things that stood out to me. Um, just because I, I love this passage, it's just a good heart check for me. And we'll get into that in application here in a little bit, but it's a heart check for me, right? About am I more concerned about keeping religious rules or am I more concerned about recognizing and being careful about what I'm putting into me and what comes out of me. Later, he heals, uh, he honors this Seraphorician woman's faith on uh, this weird interaction, right? If you read through this, he talks about uh, being a dog and she says that even dogs get crumbs, kind of a weird interaction going on there. But that's how the Jewish people saw, not Jesus, but that's how the Jewish people, the people the crowd around him, saw the Phoenician women and the Phoenician people. And basically anyone who wasn't Jewish, they saw as less than them. And so Jesus was kind of quoting their own prophets. The people was like, I can't do this. I came for the children of Israel. And she's like, I need something. Heal me. And he talks about how amazed he is. It's kind of interesting to me. If you remember from yesterday, there were some things that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. And in this passage, we have someone who was outside of the grace of God, quote-unquote, right? That's how, the, that's how the Jewish people felt. Someone who was outside of the kingdom of God, someone who didn't deserve his love, and he is amazed at her faith. I just find that so fascinating. I just wrote down for myself that I want to amaze Jesus with my faith, right? Don't we all? Don't we want to have such tremendous faith in our Creator that we're, we amaze Him with our faith? Not for the betterment of other people, like not for the people around us, right? I don't want to be so faith-filled that people are like, oh, look at Him. I want God to search my heart in such a way that He's amazed. It doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what He thinks. It matters what He sees. He says that He's the one who looks at the heart, right? And so one of the things we do 
those are just a couple of things that stood out to me. Again, there's a shorter passage. Um, I kind of get, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get stuck, especially in narratives like this, where it's talking about the stories of Jesus. I get stuck reading and I forget I'm supposed to underline and highlight things. That's just what I do. I, I love reading about it. I love listening to it and hearing what God has done. What I learned about God, though, in this is that he desires our hearts, right? He cares so much more about what goes into you, what we consume, whether it's uh, the media around us, whether it, it's relationships, right? The things that we feed our brains and our hearts, they mold us into who we're going to be. And, and then because of that, they come out of us. He's more concerned about that, which is why he talks about gathering in his presence, meditating on his word, surrounding yourselves with his people so that way those things, his word, his Spirit, His presence defines us and shapes us from the inside out. And I love this. Again, I already said this, but I, I love that we learn about that God wants to be amazed by your faith. And throughout this whole book, it's not just in this passage. It's something we see over and over again. Jesus longs to be amazed by us. So what I learned about Jesus is that He cares more about the inside than the outside. What's going on in here? And I need to work on surrendering that. Two, what I learned about Jesus is that he wants to be amazed by us, so I want to live out an amazed life from him. The second the question we ask, what do we learn about people in this, is that sometimes we get caught up on the wrong things, right? Sometimes you and I can get so bogged down by the rules, the regulations, that we forget that Jesus makes the rules, that Jesus is the one who says things, and when he changes things, or at least we perceive his changing in it, right? Really, he doesn't change. God is who he is all the time. Our interpretation of things sometimes is wrong. And because of that, we get uncomfortable when he points out that we're wrong. In this passage, people got uncomfortable with Jesus. And what I learned about people is that when, when their, their sins are pointed out or when they're uh, living a life in such a way that gets changed, it makes us uncomfortable. I learned about people that we don't like to be made uncomfortable, but... When I surrender everything to God and he points out things in my life to change for the better so I can be molded from the inside out into his image, it makes me uncomfortable. But it's always for the better. The last question we ask ourselves, right, is so what do I learn? Like, what, what do I apply from this? And I already said it a couple times through this, but I just want to remind us, I learned personally from this that Jesus cares deeply about what I put into me and I need to be careful, therefore, about what I put into me. What I watch, what I say, what I read, what I do, the relationships around me, the, anything that can affect who I am, I need to be careful about. Not because I don't want to reach people, but it shouldn't affect me. <laughs> I shouldn't put things into my life that deters me from the image of who God wants to create me. I need to put more of Him in me. I need to allow Him to speak into my life, to point out flaws and Number two, the thing I need to apply, and maybe you do too, is when he points things out and makes me feel uncomfortable, I need to say yes and do it anyways. That's hard. That's hard for me, and I think if you're being honest, it's hard for you too. It's hard to surrender everything to Jesus and, and for him to point things out because we don't like being made uncomfortable. But it's for our betterment. It helps us look more like him. It creates us to be more like his image. And that's what he longs for us to be. So what about you? What are some things you highlighted or, or circled? Or what, what are some things or questions you had? Or, or maybe some insights you have? Please 
like it, we're gonna say this every day because I really want you to do this. Take a moment and write about it. If you're in the Facebook group watching this, write about it, leave us a comment. If you're watching on YouTube or somewhere else, uh, or if you're listening to our podcast version of this, find us on Facebook. You are sent as the group. And I'll make sure you get, inv- uh, you get approved to be in that group. We'd love for you to talk to us, to engage with us in what God is teaching you because you know what? You might have learned something that I missed and I want to learn too. So please take time to do that. Let's read together. Mark chapter 7. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that, ha- that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial, ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from a marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as washing of the cups and pitchers and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares what, that what might have been used to help their father and mother is Corban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer, have, you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, What comes out of a person is what defiles them, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Jesus left that place and went to the village of vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs understand the table, sorry, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, For such a reply you may go. The demon 
has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the ground. I'm sorry. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee, into the region of Decapolis. There, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. He, then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephanatha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. God, may we be found faithful today. May we use the moments you give us to point people to you. And may we be careful about what we allow into our hearts and our souls. We don't want to be defiled by those things. May we be careful what we place in, in the kingship of our heart and recognize that it creates us into who we are. So, Lord, may we surrender our, our hearts and our souls and our everything to you. May we be completely transformed by the inside out. May we have the same cry of David, create in us a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within us so that way we can be transformed by your word and your spirit, Father. So when people see us, they see Jesus. It's not for us to pat ourselves on the back. It's not for us to say, "How look how cool we are, but we long for people to know our creator. So may we surrender all of our moments well to be transformed completely by you. Amen. Church, until we see each other again, you are sent.